on our Facebook page and on our homepage, you'll see this little icon thing. Click on there, uh, Ministry One app. It'll take you, and you can download a Christian Fellowship Church app, and it'll have all the videos on there, announcements, things. It'll tie into the website. Uh, also, you could give online through that app. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Sheremy. You type that in on YouTube. Uh, our Sunday morning services are up there. Uh, the was is that where the women's ministry meeting is this time? Last last Friday, the women's ministry. Okay, but they had a link on Facebook. Facebook was given trouble uploading uh, that video. Uh, but on YouTube, it is not live. If you want to watch service live, like right now, you have to be on Facebook. But um, uh, YouTube, we try, we try to get it up the Sunday afternoon or Monday. Last week, again, it was giving us trouble. I wonder why Facebook gives trouble to all Christian things you try and put up online. I don't know what's up with that. Or you could go simply go to our website, uh, welcometocfc.com. You could go there. They have the video links also in there. Also, uh, those of you that uh, have kids from ages uh, 6 through 11, New Generations Children's Church will be premiering their uh, morning service, which they're having right now. They have kids back there. But tonight at 7 o'clock, you can uh, watch online there. And so we just want to say happy birthday to anyone having a birthday this week. Anyone between now and next Sunday? Spurge's birthday is next Sunday. So... If you, if, just in case you wouldn't make it, we'll say happy birthday right now, but we're saving it for next week. All right? You're going to be how old? 73? He tried telling me 36 earlier today, but I don't believe it. 30, <laughs> so uh, anyone else having a birthday between now and next Sunday? All right? Those of you online, if you are, just put down that you're having a birthday. We want to say happy birthday. What about anniversaries? Anniversaries between now and next Sunday. Sister Sybil, how many years? 54 years. All right. Wow. Happy anniversary. Anyone else? All right. Again, online, if you have an anniversary this week, we want to tell you happy anniversary. All right. So what we're going to do is have our ushers. Uh, well, no, we're not. I'm back. That's the old scratch in the record. <laughs> and while we're in phase two, we ask that we bring our offering up here and what is going to work. Last week, I tried to equate it to musical chairs. You know, you go in the same direction. This week, I'll explain it. The two side aisles are for coming to the front of the church. The center aisle is to go to the back. So you keep those loops going. What we're going to do is have our offering. This side of the church will come first. So you come up and place it in the basket here. Then once they're done, I will announce for this side to come up and place it in the basket. Now, some people are getting smart, and they're actually coming before service, and they said they, they don't know the rules. They can't follow it. <laughs> so uh, let me just go ahead and break out our scriptures for this morning. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And Psalms 1, uh, 139 verses 1 through 6 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know me when I sit and you know me when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, O oh Lord, know it completely. 
you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Now, if you're not here in the service and you are watching online, uh, you could give three different ways. If you, if you, I know I jumped ahead there, uh, Nathaniel. Uh, you could give online at welcometocfc.com, or you can mail it into the post office to Post Office Box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana, 70373. Or you could drop it off uh, at the office here Monday through Wednesday. Monday, we're in phase two, so Monday from 9 to 2, that's when the church uh, secretary's here. You'll see me here throughout the week. If you, if you see my truck here, you could stop and drop it off there. Uh, thing. So let's stand to our feet and hold our offering in our right hand. Amen. How many is ready to worship the Lord? Yes, amen. Amen. How many of you... How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning that we're able to? Amen. So let, let's say after me, say, as I give in today's offering, I have faith in the all-knowing God I serve. He knows everything, and his knowledge is totally true and accurate. There is nothing too hard for him. He is never surprised. God has a clear understanding of my life. My problems, my problems, my challenges, my challenges and, my and my resources. God knows how to take care of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so side one. This side right here, you come up the side aisle and down the, the middle. Right? Come up and bring your worship uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58. That is uh, for June. This is We're already in July next weekend. Let me just announce also, uh, next weekend uh, is the first Sunday of the month. We will try and have communion. I uh, ordered the individual wrapping things and we'll set them out on the tables uh, apart from each other, different things. Now it was supposed to come in yesterday, but UPS said there was a problem in shipping 
<laughs> and it's delayed, so I don't know if that means it fell off the truck and they rolled over it or what's going on. So if the communion supplies come in <laughs> by next Saturday, uh, we'll have a communion on Sunday. Amen. So let's just have our call to worship this week. Uh, verse 55 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have the victory, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, letting nothing move you, always giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in, in the Lord is not in vain. Father, we just come to you this morning, and we turn this entire service over to you this morning, Father. We ask that your spirit move in this place freely this morning, Father God, that your spirit touch all those watching online this morning, Father, as we come here to worship and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone shouts, Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and worship the Lord. Oh, God, I need you to take me to 
Worship you, oh God, I worship you. 
never stops. He never takes the break. Go away with the sea. 
you don't have to see a way out because Jesus, he is the light in this darkness. He is the way out. Folks, you fix your eyes and focus on Jesus. He is the way out. He is the only way out. Somebody right now, I'm speaking to you. He is the only way out. You've looked to sorcery. You've looked to fortune telling. I don't know who you are, but he is the only, only way you're going to get out. No one but him. Your answer right now is Jesus. Your answer is Jesus. It's the only answer. Begin to say the name Jesus. Even if you're at home, just whispering. Begin to say the name Jesus. 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 Jesus.
I don't know about you, but the presence of the Lord is in this place this morning. Amen. It's just such a time of refreshing. And before I was coming up here, I was saying, boy, I'm losing my, my voice uh, worshiping over here in the corner. I don't know. I hope I can speak when I get up here. But <laughs> Darren somehow muted my mic. He didn't want to hear my praise going on. I had it going. Darren, I was getting jiggy with my praise on the side over there, and I was whew, losing my voice. But the Lord is so good. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Because the victory is His. The battle is His. Amen. As we praise through, we press on through, we stand firm in His name. Amen, 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 amen. Boy, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to tell you to sit down, but amen. Yes, Dwayne. Three, 365 point something. <laughs> days at 365 days. Oh, I don't know. That's close enough. <laughs> Listen, if God says it once, it's more than enough. Shout hallelujah this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and dismiss the three, four, and five-year-olds to their class. If you would, you could get your notes out and your Bible. Um, I do ask if you have your Bible, if you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, I added a couple of things here this morning, and good to see everyone here today. Amen. How many of you, this is your first time back since... Uh, quarantine and things. We got a few uh, things, so we just want to say hello. Glad you're back. Uh, 
Amen. Um, this message, before we get started, we're going to go in prayer. Uh, I believe it's very important for each and every one of us. And uh, let, Let's pray, and then we'll get started here. Because uh, I'm going to get started preaching, and I'm not going to begin in prayer. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. Father, I just pray that you'd uh, uh, move in this place this morning, Father God. I pray, Father God, that each and every one would have an open spirit to hear your word this morning, Father. Touch our ears and give us ears of the spirit that we could hear your word. Father God, touch our eyes that we could see the spiritual truths of your word today. Father God, touch our minds that we're able to comprehend and remember your word, Father. And most of all, touch each and every one's heart, Father, right now. Father God, make it open and receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says... Amen. Amen. As I was saying, this message is called Isolated. And Monday when I had listened to the governor making, uh, you know, the speech about uh, going out of coronavirus thing, it, it just, when, when he started talking about that we're staying in phase two for another 28 days, which is tomorrow make 21 days at least more, uh, but that the cases were going up in Louisiana and that in not this Monday, but next Monday, he will announce uh, again if we're going to be going into stricter regulations again, actually going back more into isolation, quarantine, or whatever you want to call it. But that word isolated just came to my mind that, you know, if we're not, we're not careful, we get isolated and dangers could happen in isolation. Now, I know some people enjoy being by themselves and things, but we are made for relationships. We are, you know, uh, made for relationships. We, the Bible tells us that uh, forsake not the gathering of each other because we, we need each other to encourage each other. And so what I wanted to talk about was that we, we need to be careful in isolation, but isolation doesn't mean that we are isolated from him. Amen. And that's what we need to understand. But I, I want to just touch on a few things. If you turn in your Bible to Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 5. And this is what I want to share. This isn't in your notes. It's, it's just added on uh, things. But I want you to realize what's going on here. Uh, Paul is in prison again at this time. And he's writing to a young man, Timothy, who was his spiritual son. Okay, it wasn't his natural son, but it was a spiritual son that he had been encouraging throughout the years. Timothy had worked with Paul throughout the years, and Timothy had actually become an elder in the uh, uh, church of Ephesus, but he was a young man, and that's why it says, uh, don't despise your youth and telling him this, that because people were coming, you know, saying, yeah, you're just a young whip whippersnapper. What you know telling us different things? But Paul, find, we find him writing to Timothy because he's no longer, Timothy's no longer able to be with Paul because Paul is in prison. And it, it started making me think about that, an isolation, being separated from people that pour into your life, that pe people that pour things into your life. So let's look what it says here in verse 5. Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He's talking to Timothy here. He says, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and your uh, mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. And you see, quick history lesson there. 
Paul's, uh, uh, Timothy's father was thought to be a Gentile. His mother and grandmother were thought to be Jewish, but Jewish believers. And they believed that, uh, that through his mother and grandmother is where Timothy came to be a believer. It wasn't from his father. So uh, Paul had become his spiritual father in a sense. And so he says this, Paul's telling him, I believe. Now, he's telling him, I believe that faith is in you, but he's already an elder in the church of Ephesus. See, something happened to Timothy that once Paul left and he was isolated from his spiritual father, that I think Paul was trying to tell him, listen, I think a little bit of your sizzle has gone. You've kind of cooled down. You've been separated. Because notice what he says here. Verse 6, he says, he's telling him in verse 5, I believe that that faith lives in you. He says, for this reason I am reminding you to do what? Fan into flame the gift of God. In other words, this flame that was once in you, that I know came from your mother and your grandmother, he says, but we haven't been there. And he says, I know it's in you, but you need to fan it back into flame a little bit of your sizzle has gone you you've you've been away you've been isolated from me and i haven't been able to pour into your life like i had been pouring into your life and you need to be careful that that the flame doesn't go completely out and paul is there again encouraging him writing him a letter of encouragement and that's why i said that the bible says to forsake not the gathering again that you are there to encourage one another that we need encouragement to go on and then he goes on to say this which, uh, he believes flame uh fan the into flame the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of hands for the spirit god gave you God gave us, I'm sorry, does not make us what? Timid, which is fear. It, it says it does not make us timid, but uh, gives us, notice these three things, power, love, and self-discipline. So the spirit, you need to fan it back into flame. So I, I don't know if he was going through things, but he did say self-discipline. And how many of you know that to be a disciple takes self-discipline? You have to have discipline in it. It doesn't just happen following Christ. There is a discipline. It says that he gives you what? Power. Now, not our power, but the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, later this morning. And that uh, uh, the spirit of love, love thy neighbor as, you, as yourself. Right? How many of you know this, this world, this United States, needs to begin loving each other? Amen. And the, all the hatred. And let me just touch on this point with you, those that may be fearing of everything going on in the United States. And every time something happens, I don't know why, some people automatically start, oh, it's the end of the world. Every time something happens in the United States. Can I tell you something? This Bible wasn't written to the United States. We're part of it, but that, just because something's happening in the United States doesn't mean, oh, that's... Can I tell you, the state the United States is in right now is still better than any other country in this world. We're, we're, we're very spoiled living here. It, it's a, the greatest nation ever. Is it perfect? Not at all. You know why? Because there's people in it. Right? 
That, that old saying, if you're looking for the perfect church, please don't go because once you show up, it won't be perfect no more. And I'm talking about myself too, right? We, we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. We strive to do better, and we always strive to do better and do our best, but we are still living in an imperfect world. But he says here, the Spirit of God will give you power, love, and self-discipline. So we understand that Paul's encouraging him. That, and I believe something was, you know, he had been away from his spiritual father for a while, and he began to lax in some of the things. That's why Paul says you need to, to fan that back in the flame. So let's, let's look at, at the pages we have right now, uh, the notes we have. Uh, again, I've I started putting out uh, the notes for our Sunday mornings back in the, in the foyer again. So each week you could pick those up again. I want to talk about now David uh, uh, and his isolation thing that he went through. So if you want, you can uh, turn to Psalm 63 is where we're going to do most of our reading today. But I want to notice you to notice what David says in Psalm 62 right before Psalm 63. Notice what he says. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. He says, I will never be shaken. And then we could kind of see in Philippians where uh, the writer writes this, uh, Paul writes this, he says, uh, Philippians 11, 4, 11 and through 13, he says, I am not saying this because I am in need, but he says this, for I have what? Learned. Circle that on your paper. He's saying, I have learned. He says, it wasn't always this way, but because the Spirit of God is inside of me that gave me a, that uh, didn't give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of power, love, and sound mind and self-discipline. He says, I have learned to be what? Content. Circle that word, content. Whatever the circumstances. You see, we cannot let circumstances dictate the way we feel, dictate the way we act. You hear me? Or, or our life is going to be an emotional roller coaster. Whatever things happen, and that old uh, example I used to give is, are, are, are you like a thermometer or like a thermostat? All a thermometer does is reflect the things going on around it, that, the temperature of everything going around it. But a thermostat controls what goes on around. Amen? So you need to understand that when I have the peace of God in my life, that, that Holy Spirit is the thermostat, that it doesn't matter, it's going to bring control and stability in my life. That I'm, that's why we are to walk by faith, not by sight. Because if I walk by sight... My, it's the roller coaster of life, emotions. That's, and that's what he's telling us here. He says, I have learned this. Not that it's always been that way. But he says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm facing. He says, I know uh, what it is to be in need. He says, I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned. You could circle that again. I have learned again. He says, the secret. I love that. He says there's a secret that most of the world misses, and that secret is Jesus Christ. He says the secret of being content in every, in any and every situation. 
Any and every situation means any and every situation. The good, the bad, the ugly of life, the, when everything's going great, when everything's going bad. He says, I learned to be content. I learned to I have the peace of God that brings uh, 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 power, love, and self-discipline in my life because the Holy Spirit is working in my life. He says this, that uh, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Then notice how he makes this statement that we all uh, could quote, Philippians 4.13, I can do everything. He's telling you the secret of being content in all these situations. I can do everything or go through everything through him who gives me strength. That that's the secret. It's, it's focusing on him and letting him, uh, Jesus Christ, living through him. So I put this uh, saying up the other day, and I want to put it up here. Uh, it's, it's in between those two. This is what you need to know. Until Jesus satisfies your heart and soul. Listen to me. Until Jesus satisfies your heart and soul. Until you learn the secret that could only satisfy your heart and soul, your, your soul, mind, will, and emotions. No person or no thing ever will. Paul was saying, I know what it is to be with lots, I know what it is to be with little, but I've learned that neither one of them makes me feel content. Right? Because it's always only if I had this, other, if maybe if this, once I reach this, I'll be content. Guess what? No, you won't. You, the only person I've ever seen content was uh, Adam in the Bible. Think about that. Adam was in the garden before Eve was created, and Adam never asked God for anything. He was perfectly content. God's the one that had to tell him, look, I want to give you a wife. Adam never even asked for a wife. Why? Because he was living in perfect contentment with God. Everything he wanted was found in God. And then what happens, we, we have the fall, and then guess what? The lust of the flesh come in and every, every other uh, thing that happens. So we understand that until Jesus satisfies your heart and soul, no one else can and no thing can. You can make a list of all your wants and all your things, but if you're looking for someone to fill the emptiness in your heart, they never will. It's only him. There's a God-shaped hole in your heart that only God can fill. Right? God's a God of order, and I say this all the time, and I always use this at uh, weddings, is that God is a God of order, and he, he established with Adam the number one relationship you need in your life is a relationship with him. And only then will you find true content. Because if you look to the other person to try and meet a need that only God can fill, guess what? That person's going to let you down. If you think anything can, you know, if you think a, the, a fancier car, a bigger house, or anything's going to all of a sudden make your life content, it won't. Until Jesus satisfies your heart and soul, you'll never find contentment. So what I want to do right now is go to Psalm 63 where we find David isolated. David is in the desert. 
in hiding. He is isolated. And these, this Psalm 63, we're going to read it in a minute. I'm going to read the whole thing. Then we're going to kind of break it up. Uh, and I want to get, how many of you go every year for an annual checkup at your doctor? Most of, okay. Most of us do that. Uh, den- I see Dr. Brian here. Uh, we go to the dentist uh, twice a year, get, our, get a checkup. It's not that you're having problems, but you want to know what's going on. And today I want to look at Psalm 63 and do a spiritual checkup for each and every person. You know, um, I just went, uh, well, had to do the, the annual wellness. Wellness, that's what it's called, wellness, physical thing. So you have to go do your blood work and things like that. I got my blood work back this year. And um, I noticed something strange. It always, it, my, where it says type of blood, it always said O positive. But this was the first year it changed. It said vanilla pudding. <laughs> so, uh, maybe this quarantine's making us eat too much stuff. So my blood type was vanilla pudding this year. So uh, <laughs> we, we got to watch out. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke, just so you know, okay? <clears throat> Amen. But I want to just uh, look at this, uh, and I want you to understand that being isolated away from people and different things. How many of you have heard that old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder? Can I tell you something? Absence from God makes the heart grow colder and darker. You hear me? That's why when we're talking about we need to make sure we don't isolate ourselves with God because it's, it's very easy to start drifting from God when, you're, when you can't be in church normally like you normally do and you, you're, not away, you're not around the people that can encourage you and speak words into your life. It's very easy to start drifting away. So let me just read the whole uh, Psalms thing, that, then we'll come back to it. So Psalm 63, this is David, he's isolated in the desert, he says, You, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. He says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. The singing, uh, with singing uh, lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me uh, will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice. This is King David speaking, so he's talking about himself. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. So as I was reading this psalm this week, six questions came up as I was reading through it. That things that David stated that, you know, when you go through your uh, doctor's checkup, he asks you questions and you, you got to fill it out. And so what I want you to do is have these questions to ask ourselves today uh, on our spiritual checkup. So the first thing is found in Psalm 63.1. It says, David says, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. 
And the first question is, am I hungry for God? Am I hungry for God? As David says, earnestly I seek you. Am I hungry for God? The word earnestly can be translated as early in the morning. But I think it it says that more because it's talking about priority versus time of day. Okay? Now, Now we know when Jesus went out to pray, when did he do it? Early in the morning. It says early in the morning he went out. In other words, that was top priority in his life. Before he would do anything else, he says, I need to spend time with the Father. So are we hungry? Are we earnestly seeking God? Is it top priority in our life? Or can I say, when relationship with God, as we start drifting away, becomes religion instead of relationship. And it could easily be, you see, you could could attend church here and really receive from God and really feel the power of the Holy Spirit move in your life. Or you could come to church here and then when you go home just kind of check off, went to church this week. Really didn't receive. You're only going to receive as much as you're willing to take in. As much as you're willing to absorb. Reading your Bible. I could hurry up and read a, read a scripture and you know, you could say, oh, well, I'm reading my Bible. I'm, I'm reading uh, the, through the whole Bible this year and it's just more of a checkoff list. I'd rather you read one verse and meditate on it and receive from it than just trying to speed read through and receive nothing. That it becomes a thing I'm doing instead of trying to enhance a relationship with it. It's very easy to drift away. Am I hungry for God is the question. So I I challenge you. We challenge ourselves. Are we hungry? Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said this. Blessed are those. This is his Beatitudes. Blessed means what? Happy, fulfilled. He says blessed are those who, notice this, he says hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they are the ones that will be filled. Now that word righteousness, it's originally, if you look up its original meaning, it, it goes back to where it actually conveys the meaning of having the character of. To emulate, to act like. And it's talking about acting like Christ, acting like the Father. He says, blessed or happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. David, what did David say in Psalms 1? I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. I, in a dry and parched land, I am desperate for God. I am hungry for God. And Jesus says, those that are going to have a fulfilled, blessed life, that will be a content life, are those that hunger and thirst after him. Not those that hunger and thirst after the things of the world. Or, or those other things that only uh, uh, content in them. And, and again, I always said, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. How many of you know what is the first thing that leaves you when you get sick? Your appetite. Right? The, you're sick, you're, you're, you're throwing up and all this, and the last thing you want to do is eat. Can I tell you that if your hunger and appetite for God has disappeared, 
if it's not what it once was, then maybe we're spiritually sick. Think about this. Was there convictions in your life that you once had that you slowly compromised little things? And now those convictions that you once had are the very things you're doing? That somehow we slowly moved away from God. We slowly began doing back our own thing. That God had convicted you of something, and, and then, but you talked yourself out of it. God said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you could talk yourself into it. After a while, what would happen? They started thinking, oh, it's pleasing to the eye, good for food, all these things. And they talked themselves into what they once had a conviction of. Okay. You can put your feet back on. I'm, I'm through stepping on toes right there for a minute. <laughs> so, God, are we re- really seeking you? So, am I hungry for God? Next, we'll, we'll go to the verse 2. It says this. David says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. So, question number two is, Am I experiencing the power of God in my life? David says, at one time in my life, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Am I still seeing that in my life right now? Remember, the verse before just says, in a dry and parched land. You know why it becomes dry and parched? Because we're not refilled with him. If if you're going through a dry spell in life and things, it's maybe that you need to get plugged back into the power source and get recharged. But am I experiencing the power of God in my life? And uh, several things I want to talk about here is, am I continuing to be changed into the image of Christ? Think about that. Am I continuing to be changed? Are strongholds in my life, wrongful thinking, wrongful things, are they still being broken in my life? Or are they starting to be being built again? David says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Look, look at Romans 8, 11 says this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. And, and uh, Paul told Timothy that that spirit he believes is in him and has power, love, and for self-discipline. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is also living in you who raised Christ from the dead, will, he will also give your mortal bodies life because, the spirit, because that spirit lives in you. So when the spirit lives in you, it is power to break chains off of you. It, is the, it has power to resurrect you and make you into a new creature. Let, let's, let's jump to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. It says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world. The weapons we fight, are, are, uh, fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what kind of power? Divine power, the spirit living in you gives divine power working through you to do what to strongholds? To do what? Demolish, Demolish. devaste, 
completely gone? Are the strongholds in your life still being demolished or are they being built again? Verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, he's telling you, your thought life wants to run off all over. When when we see things happening in the world, we we begin to be moved by sight and not by faith. But he says, you have to take that captive and make it obedient to Christ. So am I still experiencing the power of God in my life? Let's move on quickly here. Psalm 63, verses uh, 3 and 4. David makes this statement. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Question number three is, how is my worship? How is my worship? I'm not, and when I say how is your worship, I'm not saying if you could carry a tune, if you stay on, on key. You hear me? Because that's why Darren keeps me muted, because I, I'm all over the place. I, I can't, when I sing a song, I cover the whole alphabet. I go from A to Z in keys. But the Lord says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Amen. And so I, that, that's, where, that's where he gave me my vo- vocal cords, for making joyful noises. Now, these guys up here, ladies, they do such a wonderful job. I, I tell you, we got the best worship team I love them all, man. They do an awesome job. Amen. But how is your worship? Do you, ha- do you come and worship God or attend a song service? Daddy. Go, Shell, go. <laughs> so, here's my question to you. When worship begins in church... Are you worshiping or attending a song service? It's up to you. It's what you do. When's the last time you just closed your eyes and let everything go and didn't worry about the person on the side of you, what they're going to say, what they're going to do, that you just, that like David says, I, I, I worshiped undignified. He didn't care what people thought about him because he was worshiping God. God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. When is the last time you lifted up your hands and said, I don't care about whatever's going on. I am worshiping the Lord here this morning. Not looking at your name and saying, hey, they got one more song before we threw. Checklist. How is your worship? When's the last time at home you've got to isolate yourself from others and just put on some worship music and say, I'm going to stay here till I'm lost in your presence. Till you're, God, I'm not, leaving your pres- I'm not leaving this room until I feel your presence in my life. Fourth question I want to ask you is found in verse 5. Psalm 63, verse 5. It says, I will be fully satisfied. Now, the little chuchuts, uh, it's not parentheses. What do you call those? It's on your paper. That's quotation. No, that's quotations. 
Who's got the notes? What is that? Parentheses? Parentheses? Okay, okay. See, Cajun English is chuchuts. <laughs> Those chuchuts that you put around it. Those chuchuts and in you. <laughs> That, those words in you, I added that. That is not in the scripture, but it's referencing God. That's what I want you to understand. What he's doing is he's referencing God. He says, in, I will be fully satisfied in God as with the richest foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. He says, I will be satisfied in God as in with the richest foods, meaning I will hunger and thirst no more. How many of you ever eaten more than you should and you golf you but then the waiter comes and says oh today we got the special of a hot brownie with some vanilla ice cream and then you go for that too and then you're praying that your wife won't finish hers because you want to finish that up too you and truly after you finish you say i can't there's not room for anything else that you are truly satisfied. And they could bring you out whatever and say it, wouldn't be, it would be free. And you say, I, I just can't take no more. I am totally satisfied with, and filled with what I just ate. And that's what David's saying here. God, with you, I am totally satisfied. And that's, that's my question to you. Are you truly satisfied with God? Think about that. Am I truly satisfied with God? Or am I looking to other things and other people to meet needs in my life? Am I truly satisfied with God? And this is what one thing this shutdown has done. It's caused us to give up everything else in life. Is your life still fulfilled and satisfying? Could it be sports? Could it be your career? Can it be many things? Have, is that trying to take a place of God in your life? Those are extras. Those are okay. But those are not the things that should satisfy your life. You should be satisfied in Him only. So I ask you that question right now. With everything else closed, do you feel like your life is still fulfilled? There's nothing wrong with sports. There's nothing wrong with careers. But those things should not be the things that satisfy you. David says, I will be satisfied in you. Next thing, Psalm 63, uh, verse 6. This is the fifth question. He says, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. And question five is, do I truly meditate on God and his words? Do I truly meditate each and every day on God's words? My thoughts, what's going through my mind? Jesus says, Jesus says, a man does not live. Again, notice how he equates the word of God and the things of God with food in our natural body that we want. Jesus says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Am I meditating on God's word? Is, is God's word continually going through my mind when other uh, ideas come in my mind? Am I taking them captive and making them obedient to the word of God? You know, so many times people say, I can't, I can't. Well, that's not what God says. Right? 
I can do everything through Christ. I can't get through this. I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, you can. Take that thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 1, uh, verses 1 through 3 says this. Blessed, meaning happy, fulfilled, is the one, now he says, that doesn't do this. That does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or take a seat in the company of the mockers. But whose delight, the one that is blessed, does this. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates, he thinks on the law day and night. He says that person, only the person that meditates on God's word day and night, that person is like a tree that is planted by the streams of water. It's always filled, it's always refreshed, it's always full, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prosper. You hear me? Whatever they do prospers. Let me say this. What consumes your thoughts controls your life. What consumes your thoughts controls your life. When a person is walk, walking in panic and fear, you know, what's going, you know what thoughts are going through their head? things of panic and fear. And we have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Now, I know that is easier said than done, but it's something you have to learn to do, and with God's help, He'll help you through that. What consumes your thoughts controls your life. Think of this. When God took the Israelites out of Egypt, He took them physically, bodily out of Egypt and heading them to the promised land. But mentally, he could not take them out of Egypt. the, the, The best, the promised land is this way. Slavery is this way. God physically took them out, but mentally they stayed. Because every time anything came up against them, they, they cried out and said, God, if you had only left us there. Let us go back. See, the only thing holding them back from the promised land was their thought life. They still thought like slaves. They still desired to be there. That was their security. We walked by faith. And as long as my mind is staying in the slavery, I'll never be there. I'll never make it. Well, I thought I could hear a cricket. It's awfully quiet in here. We need to have the mind of Christ. And lastly, Psalm 63, verses 7 through 11, will be this. Because you are my help, he said, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. He says, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. He's hiding in the desert because he knows they were out to kill him. He's isolated and he's crying out to God with all these things. And he says, those who want to kill me, he says, will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. He says, but as for him, as for David, the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him. 
while there are, the mouths of liars will be silenced. So here's my question to you here. Last question. How is my faith and trust in God? How is my faith and trust in God? When things aren't going the way I planned or want them to, right? I think everyone would raise their hand if I'd say, how many of you 2020 has not gone the way you thought and planned it would? Any hands? Feet? Right? It's like every week there's something else. Now we've got a Sahara dust cloud coming over us right now. What is it with all this? We had some killer hornets the other day. I don't know what happened. Hopefully the dust cloud killed them. I don't know what's going on. But it's always something. Things don't, but we trust God that he will take us through this. Amen? And this is what we need to understand. Uh, Brother Jerry uh, gave a great message last week on the armor of God. The two weeks before, I had talked about spiritual warfare where knowing who your enemy was. And the second part was knowing the weapons our spiritual weapons that have divine power to break down strongholds, what those are. And then Brother Jerry uh, talked about the armor of God, which protects us in the things. But our, our weapons, what we fight against, this is what I want to share with you again real quickly. So if you hadn't seen the last three Sundays, go back online and, and watch those and, and get this. But our weapons that we use, that, that we get through, is number one was prayer. The second thing was praise and worship. The third thing was declaration, speaking the word of God. The uh, fourth thing was stillness, that we be still and let God fight the battle. Then next was our faith in Jesus Christ, our faith in the Lord that he's going to take us through. And the last thing was the blood of Jesus Christ as our weapon. We plead the blood of Jesus over our home. We plead the blood of Jesus over our family. And the revelation says they overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. We can overcome. So here are six things that I need you to do when you get home in your quiet time this week. I want you to ask yourself these six spiritual health questions that we just went through today. How are we doing in there? Isolation could pull us apart. So we may need to fan that flame back in our life. Get back, replugged in, a, like a cell phone. I'm going to talk to more something y'all understand that younger ones is your cell phone will only run for so long and it'll run out of power you're only going to last so long without being plugged back in to the power source which is jesus christ amen let's stand to our feet as we just close in prayer this morning father i just thank you for today i thank you for each and every person that's uh, watching online and each and every person that's here today Father, I just pray a hedge of protection around all these that are here today, Father God, that they make it home safe, Father God, that they be uh, free and protected from uh, this coronavirus that's going on around, Father. But most of all, I just pray that this service would somehow draw each and every one of us, including myself, closer to you, Father God. Father, as we look at ourselves and our relationship with you, Father God, if there's anything, Father, that uh, we need to... uh, change in our life, Father God. I just pray that your spirit would reveal it to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. And if there's any out there that's never accepted the Lord as their personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Just this world's in chaos and everything's going on, but if you want to have the peace of God, the Bible says that Jesus gives us peace not as the world gives, 
but you can have the peace of God in your life. I want you just to invite Christ into your heart right now. And just, it's just simply saying this. Uh, just repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I fall short in my life and need your help to make it through these days. I invite Christ to come into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward. Give me strength to walk the paths that you have for me and fulfill the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. Can I tell y'all something? I love y'all all and miss y'all. Oh, yeah, good to see those that are back that hadn't been here in a while, but trust God, and we'll get through everything. Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.